welcome to Brain Candy Podcast. I'm Susie Meister, and you're not going to believe this. You really won't. We have a guest co-host today. It's Johnny Bananas. No. It, <laughs> it is my dear, dearest sister and friend, Gretchen Meister. Welcome. <laughs> Wow. Can you believe there's more where Susie came from? <laughs> I really think that this might be too much for everyone to handle. I don't want to overwhelm everyone. <laughs> what it do you really <laughs> It's really hard to pencil you in. <laughs> well, so yesterday it occurred to me that we, we sort of have to do an episode and Sarah is in Puerto Rico. Wow. And I was like, crap, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how, I don't have anybody that is as hilarious and adorable as I am. And then I said, oh, but wait, yes, I do. Tell me about (laughs) when I text you, what was your first thought? True panic. (laughs) For real though. Cindy Brady in the red light. It was like, this cannot happen. Well, because you, you're a very private person. I am. And, you know, I have so many interesting things to say. So it's weird. <laughs> it's not that, that's not the problem. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like me and Sarah are both kind of the candy behind brain candy. <laughs> you know, we're like more creative, artsy, you know, and you bring the brains. Well, that's why it's important for us to have both in every episode. And so people... To be honest with you, people kind of wish this show was just called Candy. (laughs) So let's not discount what you bring to the table. So I'm honored that you decided to break your silence and come on the show. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking, like, what took her so long? (laughs) I thought you'd never ask. (laughs) I mean, I know a lot about coupons, a lot about <laughs> That's Ken true. <laughs> That's why you're perfect for this episode. Today's show, right. episode 107, maybe 107, I can't wow. decide. It, well, it's either 107 or 108. But Some of them don't count. <laughs> no, no. It's like I have to decide what order to put them in. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway... It's up there, and we are talking about the breakout hit of the year, This Is Us. So we got a lot to cover. Before we get started, I want to tell you guys, though, about these adorable notebooks that Sarah designed. It's actually sad that she's not here because she teamed up with people at Gotcha Covered Notebooks, and she they let her have free reign. She could design whatever kind of notebook covers she wanted. And she decided to do one that's like our headspace tote bags with all the like little doodles all over it that are adorable. She did one that is, I think it's like Saved by the Bell themed because it's like funky 80s style. And then there's one that is filled with the lollipops, just like our pin. And you can buy the notebooks and then you can personalize them, put your name on them, whatever. And it's cool because they have like 450 notebooks on this site, gotcha covered notebooks. They have adults, they have kids, you can create your own. I'm going to go on there and get some created specifically for Lincoln because he'll freaking love them. And they're super high quality. These aren't just like the ones you find at 
pharmacies and things like that. These are like seriously awesome notebooks. So we're super excited because Sarah's like making, she's like an official artist. So go to gotchacoverednotebooks.com slash T, the letter T, and then slash brain candy. You get 30% off any order, not just our notebooks, but any notebooks with code candy gotchacoverednotebooks.com slash t slash brain candy and tons of designs ships for free whenever it's over 30 bucks and you can design your own blah 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 it's awesome and i mean tell sarah how much you love them too because she's not here to like you know she would be sitting here dying of excitement about her design so give her a shout tell her you love them yeah so that's the story on that that whole time i was thinking i want one and we should talk about how much art of Sarah Rice I have in my home. That's true. It's everywhere. And everybody loves it. And I adore it. She, it makes she's me a happy. gifted. Yeah. She has a real gift for drawing and painting. And just like she can turn anything into something real cute. She has so many gifts. Yeah. just Look at us. We're just jealous of Sarah <laughs> Why can't we be in Puerto Rico? <laughs> uh, but if you guys want to try those, take a look at the notebooks that she designed. Gotchacoverednotebooks.com slash T slash brain candy. I'll put the um, code and the URL in our newsletter, which you can sign up for at thebraincandypodcast.com. There's a lot of instructions here so far. Sorry about that. Gretchen, I don't know if you were prepared for all this. I'm sure you're a big fan of the show. You listen every week, right? I'm writing all this down. <laughs> Have you ever listened to the show? Once. What was it? What was it on? It was Do you even remember? A long, long time ago. Oh my god. I am busy, Sue. Mom's taxi. That's why you should love podcasts. They come with you in the car. I don't know if you heard. Okay, well, you you know I'm not technological. Like I couldn't even figure out how to get FaceTime on my computer. <laughs> That's true. I was like, crap, how am I going to Skype tomorrow? <laughs> That's right. All right, well, we should just be thankful you're here. Right. Okay, let's get down to business. Seriously, how great is, first of all, This Is Us? I mean, I can't even. Like... I feel so bad that I missed out on it from the absolute beginning. I had to have someone tell me, like, you got to watch this. It's so good. Yeah. And then I watched, like, whatever it was, the whole season, 15 episodes in two nights. No, you did not. Yeah, I couldn't stop. That's how I am. (laughs) It's like a runaway train. There was tears, tissues everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying is why... Do we put ourselves through that where we're, we kind of like enjoy the crying aspect? I think because we can relate to it and there's just so much to think about after. Well, so what, when you're watching the show, do you relate to particular characters or storylines? I don't know if I relate to them, but I enjoy them. Like Mm -hmm. number one, I want to be best friends with Toby. Toby, <laughs> you're so right, Greg. He really would fit in well with us. You know, I just want to be his BFF. He makes me laugh. He's genuine. Yeah. He's so good to Kate. And... Do you find him attractive? No. <laughs> you just Do want you? him to come over and hang out and like do yard work or something. Yeah. 
No, just I don't. Just be find my it. best friend. Yeah. I mean, he can be my best friend, but then I want Jack to come home and be my husband. Yeah. Right. Well, we had, when I came to your house recently, we kind of had a conversation about Jack where I was like, I don't know. He's not my favorite. And you couldn't believe it. Right. Well, my argument at the time, and granted, I was only on like maybe episode six at that point, was like, he was kind of annoying me. Like he was so positive that I was like, all right, pump the brakes, Jack. Like (laughs) life's not all that that. great. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but, there's a lot to complain about. <laughs> but, but you feel he, like he, what, is your ultimate man? Well, yeah, because if you and I complain so much, we're kind of like Debbie Downers. We need a Jack to, like, remind us that we're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> right. That's true. Do you like his mustache? Yeah. You know I'm a big fan of facial hair. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mustache, goatee, full beard. Bring it on. <laughs> well, you just like to run your fingers through that jungle, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Changing the subject away from Jack's mustachio, one of my favorite things about This Is Us is the incredible writing and the way that they weave the stories together. And as you guys know, I am working on a couple different book projects. And I found myself with a little bit of writer's block. And so I went and checked out this online community of learning called Skillshare, which they are now partnering with us. It's Skillshare.com slash brain candy. And you can go on there and start learning with unlimited access for a whole month for free. They have classes on marketing and branding and public speaking and entrepreneurship Pretty much anything that you want to learn, they have it there. And it really helped me, actually, because even though I've been writing for years, I felt like I needed someone else's perspective. So I am really finding it so useful. I want you guys to check it out, Skillshare.com slash Brain Candy. Start learning for free one month on the Brain Candy podcast. Um, You're welcome. And you'll be joining 2 million students who are also doing the same thing. There's pretty much a class about everything. So I want you guys to go check it out and then tell me what classes you're taking. And I want to get a look at what the brainiacs are learning these days. All right. So here's another thing. This is important, I think, to me, at least for our experience watching This Is Us. We were we're from Pittsburgh, number right. one. And in my case, I was born in 1979, which is when the big three were born. Of course you were. <laughs> You always have to be the best. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. No, I'm just saying that, so their timeline, like what age they were when things happened to them is identical to mine. So that makes it even more relatable to me. And do you ever think about like mom and dad during those times? Yeah. In fact, like even, this is very silly, but like when, um, William gets on the bus, I'm like, I bet our dad was driving that bus. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He probably was. They're going to Swissvale all the time. So are you serious? (laughs) Yes. The bus is going to Swissvale. Dad had that route. We should, (laughs) you made that up. (laughs) He was on El Equipa and you know it. Uh, 
That's an interesting idea. Yeah. So, but I don't feel like our parents are similar at all to Jack well, that and Rebecca. Is for darn sure. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, as dysfunctional as the characters in the the show are, they're nowhere near as dysfunctional as our family. Yeah, they'd have to take it up a few notches. <laughs> right. Okay. So. <clears throat> If you're not familiar with This Is Us, which I don't understand how that would even be possible, or if you're dragging your feet about watching it, you need to just do it because, oh my God, it's so cathartic. It makes you think. For me, like, I'll think about the things in the show days later. Yeah, that's what I always say too. Yeah. And people always say, like, I can't watch. I just hear that it's so sad. But I don't think that's the right adjective. What would you say? Just thought provoking. And it really makes you compare your own life to the lives of the people in the show and the relationships they have and how your paths cross with different people throughout your life. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. And just seeing um, how in the show they flash back in time, you know, to the past and the current um, you can kind of relate to other people in your life and what they've gone through in the past and why they are the way they are now. Yeah. And you, you know, it really covers a lot of like the generational situation and why, like if you have a situation as an adult that if we look back and take the thread back to where your folks came from and what they were going through, then you can understand it more. It doesn't mean we don't have to work on our issues, but like yeah. we can better understand how people got the way they got. Yeah, you have a lot more compassion for the people around you. Right. Thanks, um, Ken. Right, right, that leads me to my next point, which is we have great affection for a guest that will be on our show later named Ken Olin. Pitter patter. Little fella. <laughs> Little fella from Chicago. Um, And my God. So Ken Olin, if you're not familiar, he's the executive producer, one of the executive producers of This Is Us. But more than that, he has like a 30-year career that began for most people's, in most people's mind, on 30-something. Which, if you don't know what that show is because you're so young, all these people that listen to our show don't understand It was television 30 years ago. The show was a hit, and he was the star. And Gretchen was obsessed. I mean, Ken Olin should be frightened at how long I've been following his career. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wasn't even 20 yet Mm -hmm. when I was watching 30-something. Why did you love it so much? I think I'm an old soul, Sue. Yeah. So you felt like connected to these 30-somethings even though you were a teenager. Yeah. But the funny part is I still think of episodes even today. And now I can relate to them even more. No. You should start watching it again. For sure. Is it on Hulu? What's going on? I'm sure we can find it. (laughs) Or someone can find it for me. (laughs) I think you and I maybe should watch that because now This Is Us just had its finale and what are we supposed Mm -hmm. to do for the next six months? What I want to know is what did you love so much about 30-something and Ken Olin's character in particular? 
Michael Stedman is such a, like a major character in my life. I still remember episodes from 30 something. Was he at the time, was he your sort of like, was he a sex symbol to you? What do you mean at that time? <laughs> I mean, it's not past tense. <laughs> no. He's still, still your dream guy. Yeah, I mean, he just has a way to connect to me, you know? Yeah, well, you better take a number because I'm I'm on the Ken Olin train hard. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no comment. Always playing cuts. I mean, listen, here's what I love about him. He's so smart. He's so sweet and talented. And he was this hot sex symbol guy. You know, when he was on TV, because everyone Mm -hmm. was obsessed. And yet he acts like he's so humble. How does that even happen? I think that's really hard. I don't know how that happens. I see, like, homeless people in L.A. that have more arrogance. You know? (laughs) Well, right. I was sitting here thinking about my own husband. (laughs) You give that guy a promotion and and (laughs) he can hardly fit through the door at that height. Wonder what makes him so um, accessible and, and relatable, and like he can create these stories that are so relatable to middle Amer- just regular people like us. I think it's his gift. I did see that he has a bachelor's in English literature. See, see. <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't. I should have let you call in when I was doing the interview. What would you have asked him if you were on the call? How how are you able to relate to middle-aged women so well? Yeah. He did talk <laughs> like what, about that. You know, like, what was his childhood? Like, like, did he have, like, a really great mom? Did he have, like, a bad childhood? Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Because that's just not normal to be so sensitive. and. He talked about that. that. He says that he has, like, exceptional connections with oftentimes actresses on the show, like, Jennifer Lawrence, because he worked on Alias. He was a director, I think. Yeah, I saw that. And Mandy Moore, he said he has a real connection with her. And, like, he feels like he can really get them to a certain place in the scene. Have you ever thought about acting? Me? Yeah. No. (laughs) Maybe there's still time. Let me ask you this. So... When we were going, growing up, obviously, I have a sick need for attention. And Gretchen was the opposite, where if we had a piano recital, she'd be, like, blown into a paper bag because she would be so nervous. So why do you think you were so shy? I don't know, Sue. I mean, that's why I'm in therapy, okay? <laughs> well, it's and... not a bad thing to be shy, I wouldn't say that it's shy, though, because I'm really good socially. Yeah. What, what do you, just, why do you get stage fright? I just underestimate myself. Oh. Like, I never think I'm good enough. Like, right. You know, people ask me for piano lessons or, can you do this? And you'd be so great at this job. And I'm always like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Yeah, it's almost like, you know how when twins are in the womb and like one of them eats all the nutrients and the other one gets ripped off? It's like what happened to us. Maybe Peg was saving them. 
Well, like I got all the, I got too much confidence. <laughs> yeah. That's so sad. Cause it, it is weird. It'd be one thing if you were a total bomb and you, you just knew it, but you're good at everything and you think you're not. I don't even get where that would come from. I know. I don't know what to say about that. No, me neither. Because That's I, w- I want to do those things. I just can't. Right. Maybe this maybe this is my big break and Sarah better watch out. <laughs> you know what? I think there's a real future for you. We could have a spin-off. <laughs> maybe you could have a third host. Oh my god. Maybe I would never Sarah let that happen die. because you and Sarah would get along great and, and then squeeze me fast. out. <laughs> I know. I'd become like your secretary. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what do you love about Sarah so much? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I think she I think it's sort of like how mom adores you so much. Like she's everything that I want to be. Really? You know, like she's a free spirit and yeah. I'm you know, like oh no, you can't do that. I worry. I'm negative Nancy. What's funny though about you is that you might be like What's that word? Oh, you you might not be a free spirit, but like when I have hung out with you and there'll be other people like friends, you are always instigating trouble. That is true. Like you'd be like, you should do that. Yeah. You should tell that guy he, whatever. I know I get into so much trouble. <laughs> I think because like I hide behind the curtain, I'm like, now I can get away with stuff. I can be bad. <laughs> And you think it's real funny when other people are naughty. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why you love my boo-boo. Well, then I don't have the guilties the next day, you know? <clears throat> right. Live and let live. You just you just encourage it. Someone else takes the blame. <laughs> but I'm still laughing about it. <laughs> um, okay. Now, here's what I want to know about the plot line of This Is Us. And if you guys aren't caught up or haven't watched it yet, we will probably have some spoilers here. What did you think of the finale? I mean, I was really surprised by it. Mm -hmm. What did you think was going to happen? I thought Jack was going to have a drunk driving accident. Yeah, right. And that's why Kate thought she was responsible. Why did Kate say she was responsible? Well, she told Toby that it was her fault, and that's why she couldn't talk about it all these years. Oh, my God. I didn't remember that. Because in the scene before that, she was like, Dad, you have to make it right. Oh. And so that's why he got his keys and left. And he's like, I'm going to make it right. And he drove all that way to see it. So. So. Okay. That's what I thought was going to happen. Were you disappointed? Some people were like you know, crabby that it wasn't as, you know, sensational as they expected. No way. I thought it was way more sensational than I thought it was going to be. Okay. To have their paths cross like that. And she didn't see him at the bar and, and he didn't see her calling him. And then that the message was on the machine. Yeah. And then that the band member making the move in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't think he had feelings for her. 
So that surprised me that he did that. Really? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Well, yeah. He's only human. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I don't blame him. Well, I felt like I was actually really glad they didn't reveal too much and make try to pack in too much into the episode because I feel like it gives the audience so much more time. I mean, they've been picked up for two more seasons already. We need time mm-hmm. to let things unfold. For sure. Everyone a wants, lot's happened. Yeah, I feel like we've learned a lot already. Yeah. All I know is if I came home and was like, Matt, I'm going to go on a tour <laughs> and sing in this band, he'd be like, uh, no, you're not. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so, I mean, just for Jack to do that alone is a big deal. And then to have her ex-boyfriend in the band. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of a lot to ask. I was just picturing you going on the road with your ex-boyfriend in a band. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's just not happening. Right. But on the other hand, why should she not have her own identity too, though? Well, I'm all for that. But yeah, but you think a lot of guys would be like, forget it. I think most guys would be like, no, that you got to stay home and fold my underwear and socks. <laughs> okay, so do you have a hunch how you think Jack dies? No, now I'm totally clueless. Right. I have no idea. And I don't know that we're ever going to really know. Whoa. I think it's just going to be like, you're going to have to use your imagination. Like, we're going to give you clues, but we're never really going to tell you. Oh, my God. I would love if they did that. Mm-hmm. All right. See, I have a favorite character aside from Toby, though. I really like Randall's wife. What? I think she is a hoot. <laughs> really? And now I can't remember her name on the show. What's her character's name? No, I can't remember. But she she is... Because she's always, like, so calm. I really uh, admire that about her. Well, I admire it, but I'm always like, what's wrong with you? Why? She's too nice. (laughs) No, because she says, like, no, no, I'm going to have to call marriage on that. Like, I'm not going to let you do X, Y, or Z. I know, but, like, when you imagine your husband bringing (laughs) home... (laughs) Some old guy. Yeah, some random guy, and you're just, like, making breakfast, and he's upstairs doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's so nice to him. And Yeah, that's I why know. I'm like, wow. It's a lot to ask. Were you surprised that William was gay? Yes, I was. <laughs> like, Did you never, never have a clue before that moment? No, there were no hints to that. That's not true. Like, what? I started to question casting when I saw the time uh, Rebecca went back to William's apartment and he went to go get like his clarinet or whatever the heck. And that actor, I was like, did they hire a gay actor or is he trying to play William as gay? The younger version. What? When they were sitting at the table and he said, hey, maybe um, Randall could come over and stay overnight. And that scene. Mm-hmm. I, I must have like, been daydreaming because <laughs> daydream. I do not remember that. 
I thought, well, they shouldn't have cast him because he seems gay. But they maybe were subtly trying to point to that. Although, didn't he ultimately say he was bisexual? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we shouldn't say gay then. At yeah. any rate, that was a surprise. Do you think Watch William has any other kids? Oh, wow. You've really <laughs> blown my mind here. <laughs> I don't know. Like, where did, where did Randall's birth mom go? Where'd she go? Right. <clears throat> I have no idea. But I do think to myself all the time, like, where is this going to go in future seasons? Really? It's just going to keep multiplying now that you're saying this. <sighs> yeah. Now she's going to have other kids and... Other guys are going to be staying at Randall's house. <laughs> no, I think we just have a lot to learn about. Like, first of all, the funeral, like Jack's funeral and how they dealt with the death right after. And then like the toddler years, we don't see much of that, of the, the big three. Yeah. And also like if you were <clears throat> Randall, do you think you could forgive Rebecca so oh. easily? His mom, I mean, I just don't know if I could get over that. Like, in our family, yeah. like, what what is days in This Is Us is, like, years in our family. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about that. Because it, I really could understand Rebecca, too, though, right? Couldn't you? Yes, for sure. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you always want to try to do what's best, but from Randall's perspective, like, to to think that you missed out on all those years knowing your real your biological dad right yeah well would you say he's forgiven her i feel like yes he i feel like he let it go yeah i From bet they'll I've have seen. a few conversations about it <laughs> yeah and what do you think about um rebecca getting together with Jack's best friend. Oh, my God. Right. We didn't even talk about Miguel yet. It's like a whole nother episode. Right. How do you think that happened? I can't even imagine. There is no way she is into him. And because did you ever have like a real high opinion of Miguel all that time? I mean, he was just average, just a regular dude. And he he was always like seemed to be flirting with the... uh, Yeah, secretary. Yeah. Right. So you never had like a real high opinion of him. And then then later you find out that Rebecca got on him? Right. That just doesn't... Maybe it was like Jack's dying wish or something. (laughs) There's no way. You must be with Miguel. (laughs) Well, because think about what we know about Rebecca and how beautiful she is and everything. Not that Miguel's not attractive, but it's just like the the character is not like her level. Mm-mm. So I don't know how in the hell she thought, you know what? That's the guy for me. I guess we're going to find out. But he always did have like a really like high opinion yeah. of her. Like yeah. He was always like, man, you got to go home and quit drinking because you have that beautiful wife at home. And- yeah, maybe she just wanted someone to worship her. Mm-hmm. And let her do whatever she wants. I will wow. say she didn't age well. Out. <clears throat> That's so mean. <laughs> I just think, like, why is she 
Why is she looking all, like, dressed like that? What do you want her to dress like? <laughs> Coco Chanel? I mean, Papa Color didn't hurt anybody. Wow. <laughs> she's too drab. <laughs> yeah, it's too much beige. Meanwhile, she's, like, 60. How old is she? Let's see. I mean, they, the kids were born in 79. She was in her 20s. So, yeah, so she's like our mom. She's not even 60. Our mom maybe, is 72, see, Brett. Maybe that's the problem. You're used to peg. You're going <laughs> to dial it down a few notches. <laughs> yeah, but Rebecca is supposed to be so much younger than peg. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I guess they had to exaggerate it because Mandy's 35 or whatever. Well, maybe she aged from, like, emotional distress. Yeah. Well, and what makes me sad is that we don't get to see Jack age. Oh, right. I'm sad. (laughs) See, and this is what we talk about. Like why I kind of talked about it with Ken a little bit that I think there was something in our collective consciousness as a country or globally that we just really needed a good cry. That is true. You know, it was a perfect time. I look forward to it and I always feel like, Okay, I I really needed that. I needed to let some stuff out. Or is it like a bunch of peop- women our age are just super sad <laughs> in their lives? Oh, no. I hope not, but it feels more like collectively, like everyone's just like, oh, I got to, that's too much. I got to let it out. I feel like you should ask Ken for another interview and then like we lock him up. Tie him up and like make us tell us, you know, like the whole story. <laughs> I don't think he knows. <laughs> That's what's weird about these shows is that they write them, you know, as they go. Mm-hmm. Like, I think to a certain extent they know things, but not really. That's weird. You'd think they'd have like an outline. <clears throat> Do you? Well, maybe they do. It feels like they do because they'll reference stuff from earlier. And like when she was holding that necklace in the finale, I thought, oh, that necklace is going to be important later or something. Mm-hmm. And, and what about how Kate is like following Rebecca's footsteps down and wants to be a singer? What do you think of that? You think I mean, she has she's... the pipes? <laughs> <laughs> she's got it going on. Maybe she's a great thing, singer. She seems like a really good assistant though too (laughs) she's so organized what do you that's my calling what do you think about chris uh chrissy's character kate i mean i like it i just don't like how she was so like bonded to kevin for so long why (laughs) why and his assistant and like oh too dependent yeah okay She's like me. Like, she she just needs confidence. Yeah. Well, do you think, like, I feel like they're playing it like there was some sort of trauma in her life that made her self-soothe with food. But but then when she was in the car with Rebecca, she said she didn't know whether her mom caused it or not. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? Yeah, I didn't think... There was any one incident. Okay. At all. Well, what do you think she's doing? 
Well, I think it's just a combination of things like the kids at the pool writing her that note and just like a constant feeling. And her mom always like trying to give her diet food and stuff. Yeah, right. But not just one like traumatic incident. Don't you feel like Rebecca and Jack's house is too nice for his salary? Mm, Not really. Let's think about our house growing up. Here we go. (laughs) No, not the details. I don't want to traumatize our listeners, but like when I, because Jack's, you know, working class and our house was not at that level. Well, what do you mean he was working class? Like he put on a suit and like went to the office every day. Oh yeah. I'm thinking of when he was a foreman. What, what did he end up doing sales? Well, he was like Miguel's, uh, he worked under Miguel and he was like a project manager. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. Some of us didn't binge in two nights. (laughs) (laughs) I can forget stuff over time. Mm -hmm. The one complaint that I had about the finale was just that it was so heavy on Jack and Rebecca that the big three were hardly in it at all. Yeah. I miss those guys. That is true. And, like, what about how Kevin got together with his ex-wife? Yeah, what is that? I mean, there's just no way that would happen. Yeah, that's the thing. years they were apart. Right. And he still loves her? Well, I mean, I believe that he still loves her, but I just can't believe she would be like, yeah, let's give it another try. Right. Do you think it's just because he's the manny? <laughs> well, he isn't. By the time he asks her, he is not the manny anymore. Yeah, but he's got the, you know, social panache. He's got the creds. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I do believe in that, like, true love. Like, <clears throat> they have a history together, but I just think that's so unreal that she would go back to him. Mm-hmm. And do you think they'll end up together? It seems like it. Hmm. Hope springs eternal. And also, what is Randall's diagnosis? Randall's di- <laughs> Like, is, is that just anxiety? What is that? I think so. That's what I thought it was either like a panic attack or, you know, a, a breakdown of some kind well, from why- stress. Oh, so like upon stress, he becomes, yeah, like, his, like <clears throat> he starts shaking, he can't function. Yeah, because he says he feels like he has to be perfect. Because he is. <laughs> right. So like eventually it gets to be too much mm-hmm. when everybody. And how about how freaking Kevin didn't show up on opening night? If you did that and called me and acted like that, I'd be like, look, I'll call you after the show. Can you imagine if <laughs> you did that? On. What would you do if I called you and I was like that and we were in the same city, but it was like the biggest night of your life? <laughs> For real. Well, it's funny that you say this, too, because you know I'm obsessed with the Kardashians, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Goes without saying. And I have watched this Paris episode three times. Okay. What happens she, in it? She gets robbed. Okay. At some point. And Kanye stops the show and says, like, I have a family emergency and I got to go. And, like, every time I see it, I'm like, really? You can't (laughs) finish the show? And then, like, what are you going to do? 
Like all those people, you're going to inconvenience all those people. See, I think you should talk to your therapist about this (laughs) for real, because I think we have a problem where we will do like ridiculous things just so people aren't inconvenienced. We're pleasers. It's not good. I mean, Kanye did the right thing. His wife could have gotten killed. I know, but we're not used, like no one's done that for us. Yeah. And we, we're not, now we're like, well, we can't, we have to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, so what else happened in the episode? Um, and then he went to him and he was like comforting him in his office in the corner. No, no. <laughs> the Kardashians. Oh, the Kardashians? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then Con- Kim came back to New York and they all met in New York and they were together with the kids. How does she seem? She doesn't seem right, Sue. You mean because of the thing or you mean in general? Because of the traumatic experience. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But yeah, it's I'm- not going to stop them from having this show. No. All right. The empire must go on. Yeah, but I think that's a good point that, like, <clears throat> you think when you watch This Is Us and he has a panic attack and the the brother's like, well, even though they don't really get along. Right. I'll do anything to help you. I mean, that's right. That's love, man. That is love. <laughs> but is it out of regret from how mean he was to him all those years? Maybe, but that's okay. Yeah, right. That's redemption. Never too late. Right. All right, Gret. If you called and we're doing that, I would roll my eyes, but I'd still come help you. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I'll come. Wow. Even if I'm recording a Brain Candy podcast. (laughs) Really? (laughs) No matter what. Yeah, if you are having a breakdown. I called you. Yeah. And I was like, I can't deal with like I need you right now yeah I would if you said that the thing that got me though was that Randall didn't say that yeah he just sensed it yeah and I don't know if I would sense it you got to be real explicit with me <laughs> right because you're I'm hard to read uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll do that we will make a deal maybe we could have like a secret word yeah like a safe word Ken Olin <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's Ken, Ken Olin, Olin situation. Uh, how about how, well, I don't want to ruin this for the listener, but Ken makes an offer at the end of the interview. And um, I just hope he's not full of it. That we can have parts on this as a. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. We can be, who are we going to be? Who would you play on this as us? Manny Kevin's- Moore's bestie? Kevin's mistress. (laughs) Kevin's mistress. Toby's best friend at work. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy that would have a female best friend and then it would really bother Kate. Mm Mm-hmm. You could be that girl. That might be the right role for me. All right. What about you? I think that I would like to be... I would like to play Jack's sister. Whoa. Aunt Susie. That would be good. Yeah, we don't know if he has siblings. He's got to. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, but basically this is what's fun about This Is Us is that it gets people talking, everybody has an opinion, everybody thinks, oh, she should have done this or what do you think of this? And that's why the show, one of the many reasons why the show is incredible and why we are so excited to have our guest Ken Olin on today. And basically, if you haven't watched 30-something yet, you need to because he is an amazing actor and the show holds up. And I think you'll enjoy it. But also, if you haven't watched This Is Us yet, get on the bandwagon. This show is a runaway hit in no small part due to the incredible directing and producing of Ken Olin. So I don't know how we got him to come on the show, but let's welcome him. Thank you so much for coming on the Brain Candy Podcast. We're not worthy, Ken. Oh, really? Thank you. <laughs> I'm, it's, glad, it's nice to be here. Nice to talk to you. I'm so excited about, of course, your success with This Is Us. So congratulations to you. It's been, oh, thank you. I imagine, a crazy year. And I'm thinking whenever you start to work on a project like this, you know, there's a million factors. You have no idea if it's going to be a big hit. Was there mm -hmm. a moment where you were like, holy smokes, this is going to be big? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's I, I when I saw the pilot... Um, they sent me the pilot um, to see if I would be interested in coming on and being an executive producer um, on the show and overseeing the directors and production. And, and uh, I see a lot of pilots um, and most of, you know, sometimes or the most you can hope for, you see a pilot and, and well, you think, okay, it has potential. It's a good cast. Um, or, okay, I could see maybe this idea working out and, this was uh, this was so unusual because I thought the pilot was so good, mm -hmm. and not not just because the writing's so good and because the the cast was so good, the directing was so good, but because it seemed so um, it was so confident in what it was. Mm. You know, often it, it takes um, it takes a while to for a show to find itself. You know, for the cast to, to get really comfortable, to for the style to settle in, and for the the voices of the characters to be defined, all those things. And this felt so, it was so relaxed and it was so, it was so confident. So I thought, wow, this is a really, really good pilot. I mean, the last pilot I think I saw that I, I thought was that good, that realized that certain of itself was probably Alias, um, which oh, was wow. an entirely different pilot, but it was a, but, you know, um, JJ certainly knew uh, what he was about then. And, but but I, I never anticipated that this would be that kind of a hit. <laughs> I had been, you know, I've done shows like this most of my career. I've been doing shows like this. And, and you know, those three or four years ago when uh, Brothers and Sisters was done, maybe it was longer, God. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody was interested in this kind of show. You know, you, you went around and you said, you know, well, there's, I have an idea for another kind of relationship drama for and people were, you know, they were, they were pretty, pretty certain that those kinds of shows don't make enough noise, as they would say. Then or I can't remember what, you know. There's always like a word, you know. There's yeah. like it's got to pop or it's got to make noise or it's right. got to, and um, sizzle. I think was and and 
So, you know, so this is, you know, family dramas and relationship dramas. You have it. So the, the fact that three or four years later, another show could come out and all of a sudden not just be successful, but be phenomenally successful. Um, I, I didn't anticipate that. I, I don't think anybody anticipated that. I think everybody knew that it was really good, that the cast was really special and that there was a, something that Dan Fogelman had done conceptually that gave it a feeling of scope or made it feel a little more like a saga than just, you know, basically a, a, a another family drama. I don't think anybody thought it would, would, I don't know, captivate an audience that way. And, and, and you know, our finale did phenomenally yes. well. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess, it was a you know like a confluence of events. It was a really great script and a really great uh, directors that Dan knew well, and it was this unbelievably great cast. But then it had to do something, I think, with the time that we live in. Yes, that people want something that maybe. I mean, it's complicated and it's a little. It's it's a but it's emotional and and I, I think one of the major things about it is that there's a kindness to it you know and yes. it's a little kindness now so, you know the the I thing that's kind of bonkers for uh, me and my co-host we have a background in reality tv and when we first started like way back right. in the day when reality tv was a new thing that that what it created was people could feel something and it felt very real and then now it's mm-hmm. been so uh perverted that it it's the opposite we've been desensitized to it and it's ironically i feel like people are returning to shows like this is us because they want to feel those things again they want to feel real and truth and honesty Mm -hmm. don't you think yeah i i yeah i think that's i think that's what it is but you know it seems to run so counter to a lot of the uh, energy and, uh, you know, I mean, what's out there in the culture right now and politically is so, yeah. it's mean and it's shallow and it's all so frenetic. Yeah, I, I think so. I, and the weird thing has been like this kind of, um, you know, this measurement of how much did you cry watching that episode, which is the <laughs> oddest thing. I'm, I remember when we, listen, when we did 30 something, which was a really long time ago. <laughs> Um, I remember Ed Zwick saying, Yo, you know, he was one of the creators. He said, ne- never underestimate how much people look forward to crying once a week. And <laughs> it was one of those things, but you never said it out loud. You didn't go, you know, we, we, we really enjoy it. You know, but now I think people, I think it becomes this way of saying that they can still, ha- what you were talking about, they can still have a, a, an emotional experience and some sense of an authentic experience. And have some catharsis. And I don't know, I guess that people really long for that because that's certainly been the response that the show has gotten. I just don't think anybody anticipated that it would be it would it, that it would be a phenomenon that way. And I think um, we didn't even know how badly we wanted to cry and how badly we true. wanted to feel. <laughs> so badly. We're but so in pain. Like Thank you for bringing it to our attention. You just want to cry. 
I, I Whenever look at Twitter, I see right. something, I just want to cry. <laughs> By the way, I love your Twitter. You make me so happy on there. Oh, God. Because I feel yeah, you I, speak I, for all of us. Terrible soon. <laughs> you know, but I just discovered it, like, you know, this year. And then my daughter, who I, I work with, so she's like, Dad, seriously, you got to stop. It's <laughs> weird. And I'm like, no, no. no. This, you know, I feel like I get, I mean, <laughs> I no, I love you know, it. Here I am discovering it at this point. Like, <laughs> oh, this is weird. And then, but now I'm like obsessed. With how many, how many followers I have? You know, I keep telling Dan. I, my whole goal is to catch Dan Fogelman. I mean, he's got like twenty thousand more followers. But I'm like, and then I, and so I try to calculate, which I guess people do. Like, okay, yes. do a really like if I like if I put a picture of Milo, yes. on there. Oh, I like blows I, up. I yeah, I gotta, I gotta um, really, you know, I gotta be careful. So, but I like put the first front after he had shaved. Oh, that was so exciting! I got like three thousand followers. You know, the, the, I love that I, you're I paying attention. Oh, but it was, it was sad, isn't it? But I, I had a um, Milo sent me a picture because he had had to have surgery on his wrist. He just had a tendon surgery. It wasn't a serious thing, but he sent me a picture and himself in a castle then i tweeted that i thought that ah oh, look at poor milo you know and then he writes me back ken please <laughs> don't put don't put pictures of me on the light i have to kind of do this much oh you know I'm, I'm, you're I'm still learning, learning. Mm. whenever you are directing these episodes and producing them and you know we're then crying later do you have a sense of this do you know that you're doing that to us or do you just try to create something you want to watch? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, um, I mean, I certainly don't calculate the nature of, of the directions that I give the actors or the way that I film something or I, I don't calculate whether or not it will be the, the most, uh, that, that, you know, which way would make someone cry the most? I, it's just not, but you know, it's weird because I, I, I've been asked that a couple of times. Like, is this, I, it, I mean, right. when I do it and I, and I truly believe that when Dan um, and the writers are writing scenes, the calculation is not, well, if we do this, it'll make people cry. You know, and I, I think it's always, um, what feels the most authentic? Yeah. You know, what is the, what is the tr- more truthful? I mean, I always actually try to take, um, I, I, I would try to, um, uh, create the, the most, um, let's see, the most grown up version of a scene. I, hmm. I, I try to make things that, the the most, um, the most thoughtful and grown up version of, 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 of of any given scene, not the most sentimental. Oh. I think that there has to be, there has to be some kind of, um, a romantic in, in Dan or in myself that there's, I think there's fundamentally, um, a kind of optimism or a hopefulness, which may lend itself to, um, uh, I don't know, some, some quality in, in the scenes, but I, I always and I try to, you know, it bothers me when I see um, any of, of our scenes that have been directed or interpreted in ways that feel the most um, adolescent to me. I, I would rather figure out the smartest way to approach something. And, and 
and in, in some ways veer away from the sentimental or the or certainly, um, you know, we, we, we really try to avoid that, which may be one of the reasons why it does touch people. Yeah. I think if it felt as if we were going for small T and we were <laughs> in some ways telegraphing that, you know, this is the, okay, start crying. I don't think people would. I think some of that restraint probably is what makes audiences um, open up because they're, because the, you know, they feel some sort of empathy and, and need for the characters to open up. Um, but I, 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 listen, when you have writing like this or you have acting like this, you don't have to like worry about, okay, well, how do you, you know, find the emotion? And I think also the, the thing with our actors is all of the actors on the show, all of them are, are very available emotionally mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes I think for actors crying, um, or just crying is, is yeah. a kind of a, I don't know, not, I don't know if a badge of honor, but it, it makes <laughs> The, as an actor, it makes you feel like you're feeling the scene. Like, okay, I, I cried that I'm that I'm really in it, and that yeah. goes through it. Which is which is probably a product of um, a kind of training, acting training that was happening, you know, in early in the last century with Strasberg and stuff. You know, if you, you're crying, then you're you're and you're there. And, yeah. and I think that's something that even over the course of the season we've we've been really careful about um modulating because you know i i think uh, i studied with this woman named stella adler who's one of the great acting teachers and you know she used to say to actors look if you're feeling 10 then you show eight or seven you don't ever show because, because once you're as an actor if you're showing 10 you're you're experiencing an emotional reality that very very few people feel, and right. I think that was the thing. You know, working a lot with the actors here; these are all people. You, there's no problem accessing the emotions of any of, of the members of our cast. It's it's, you know, they're all right there. It was, it was early on figuring out, guys. You know, we all come to work ready to go, <laughs> because I think they're also very. Um, I think they they all feel really intimately connected to their characters. So, you know, they, they deeply empathize with them. And it was, it was learning that, you know, we have to, there has to be some restraint because none of these, you know, none of these people are actors except for just, except for Kevin. He's a, right. He's funny. But, you know, it was funny with him because it was sort of the other way, you know, when he and I started working the same, because in the pilot, he doesn't reveal, um, He's not vulnerable, really, in the same way. He's angry and he's hurt or he's scared, but he's not. He doesn't let you in the same way. And then in the second episode, which I directed, there's a scene where he calls his brother, and that was really neat. You know, it was like working with him to really be to reveal something, to open up that little bit. And it was that was kind of great. You know, he sort of was the other way about it. I don't want to be a crybaby. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this will be good. This and. Don't you know, but you think it's always a, because you have been on camera so much, you, they maybe trust you more or that brings something special to the scene? Yeah, I mean, I think it's part of it, though. They're, you know, I, I don't, none of them really know me from being an actor. You know, How is that possible? Well, because they're all young and I haven't really <laughs> done anything that any of them would be. I mean, I've, you know, I haven't really been. It's funny. I mean, I haven't really been an actor um, for 
you know, over 20 years. I mean, I've done some acting and I would appear on something, especially like if I work with people that, you know, are doing stuff that I worked with on Alias because they think it's amusing. Like they'll write, you know, JJ wrote something for me to be on Alias because I, I was in prison. So I got, you know, he put me in an orange jumpsuit and, and, and it's just funny, you know, it's like, a, but these, these guys, they're all, you know, they're like 40 to 30 and they're, that's young. They don't know it. Like, I, it's, it's very funny to me that we're doing a show that is in so many ways has, qualities like 30 something yes dan I, dan i don't know if dan's ever seen he claims he's never seen it how is that and possible he's always what? Me because he's just teasing me. i think he's just teasing me but he's only 40 or 41 you know it's like that was a long time ago yeah and but it was legendary that, I, yeah well <laughs> there we go guys i'm like, they're keeping like you humble that's sort of how they put me like 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 king arthur you know but it's um <laughs> I think I think they don't. They just it's it's not of their generation. That it's, which is funny because like working with JJ and stuff, who's ten years older, his generation of writers came up. They were really young and and you know they were in their early twenties watching Thirty Something. And I think for them as writers, it was a possibility that you could write like that for television. That there could be that kind of material on television. But for someone like Dan, he came up long after the show was on, and yeah. it just—I don't—I don't think he was. Dan comes more from comedy writing, and I—I I, I think more than anything for them, I, I speak in a way to actors that you know, it's not—it's not foreign to me. I don't edit myself, and I'm not intimidated by actors, which a lot of directors are, and and I think so. I think that kind of I'm just I'm confident and I'm comfortable with them and I think more than anything it, it relaxes them as actors so they trust that I yeah mean, that's group, what I think comes to through a, this group to a person they they like to be directed this is an incredibly um you know what you feel watching the show you feel the humility and the yeah and the warmth of these characters that's genuine I I, I think that's that's one of the things, one of the things I think that for a show like this that kind of transcends the limitations of the medium, it's that there is a real collective affection and respect and that kind of love, which is happening, you know, on the set and the working experience is something that is in, some, I believe, some strange ways communicated. And that's just who they are. I mean, it's, it's a really, really respectful and generous group of people. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What is uh, it, whenever you're on a show and you can speak as this happened to you as an actor, but also now again with this is us for this cast, what is it like to be on a set when all of a sudden they get, the audience starts to see their work. They start becoming very popular and they become a big hit. What is that like in the moment? 
I think it's it it it's um I, I think it depends on how how mature and how yeah. experienced the cast is. Yeah. Like this group of people, um, you know, they've all well. I mean, certainly Mandy in her life has experienced, you, yeah. know, a, a, you know, a lot of success and attention when she was really young. Yeah. Milo has been through it. Sterling has been, you know, Sterling is a real grown-up and has been, you know, he, it's it's been a really steady, slow yeah. rise to this place. Right. Um, Justin has been, you know, like... Justin's been on a soap opera, so he's gone through that. He's been on network TV. You know, he's uh, none of them are are kids. I think for Chrissy, you yeah. know, and I, I always talk to her because I worry about her a little bit. Going, oh my god, like here's yeah. this person yeah. who, I mean, has never experienced this kind of uh, celebrity, anything close to it. And here's this person, you know, what she does is is is. I mean, that's a courageous thing she does. And we used to talk about that early on and not in any way that like, there's no, it's not about it. I mean, it's for someone who, whose character clearly has issues and they center around her appearance and her, her health and everything else to play a character like that and be able to, you know, also in some way, clearly she relates to those issues and those experiences and then to be celebrated for it and become enormously famous yeah um is really complicated and i you know we would talk about it and she's just like she just i don't know she handles it like beautifully and i because i said to her early on because for me it was very hard and i didn't deal with anywhere near the same kind of celebrity why was it hard for you to deal with now i i I I really struggled with the attention. I I didn't know how. I guess in some way I, I didn't know how to control it or handle it. I didn't know if it must have been some way that I didn't know whether um, I I deserved it. And mm. then on the other hand, not only I had always been ambitious, so not then going to, to do to, do I deserve it? But also how do I keep it? And yeah. how do I grow? I mean, I was I was kind of a mess about it, and and I I didn't like it, and I I, I did I felt very very self conscious. Wow! And when I talked to Chrissy, you know, I just wanted to check in with her very early on, and because I, I I love her and I love working with her, and she has a lot of trust in me, and you know, it was um, you know, are you doing okay? And she looked at me and she said, Why wouldn't I be? This is what I've always wanted. <laughs> right. I was like, Fabulous! Like this is a whole different group. I also came up at a time where, you know, celebrity and all that, it was, there was a, I don't know, there was a, just a weird relationship with it. It wasn't. How do you um, think it's I, changed? I was so conflicted. I, I don't, I think, I think now there's a, probably these actors understand um, how important it is. I think many of these actors probably know what they're signing up for. Very yeah. early on, when they go into this business, they decide, you know, if you want to go out after television or film, part of the deal is is uh, publicizing uh, the work, being out front, doing, and, and that's part of the job. You know, when I was doing it, there was still, I still came out of that, you know, the generation ahead of me were the, were the more disaffected, really serious New York actors 
those were my heroes and they, none of them, I mean, publicity was a, you know, it was like this dance and it was weird. It wasn't, it wasn't part of the job. Yeah. In fact, publicizing yourself was sort of antithetical to being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, this were, this, this were Al Pacino and Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro and Robert Duvall and Meryl Streep. So they weren't tweeting about themselves and they weren't <laughs> live broadcasting and they were, but they weren't. And so, you know, even before any of that happened, the idea of being, you know, of promoting yourself, um, it was just so uncomfortable. Now I think actors go, that's part of the job. Yeah. And they look forward to it. It's like, okay, that, this is cool. Um, and I, I, maybe I'd also, I don't know, my, my, I was more self-conscious as an actor anyway. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm freer as a director, so it's easier. Um, but I, I watch them and how they handle it. I, I think, um, I, and also I think because for Chrissy, she's around people who have been through it. I mean, Milo and Nancy and Sterling and Justin and, and, and Chrissy and, and Susan, they all handle this stuff. It's like, like I, I, I always felt like, oh, that's weird. This is so dishonest. Like I can't go out and be like all funky and you know it just. And I don't think they experience it like that. I think they experience it like, okay, this is the job, and they really like it. And um, I always felt maybe like you couldn't be taken seriously if that's what you were right. doing, as opposed to no, this is part of taking the job seriously. I don't. Think, I haven't noticed in any way that people are, are behaving differently. I, I don't, I think there's, I think they also have a, as a group, they're close. They yeah. do things together. Maybe part of that little community that they have, this sort of family they have, keeps them, um, keeps them feeling okay you know they're not they're not all running off in different directions and and they totally respect um the ensemble of it there's no nobody's vying for nobody's vying for a a, you know more power more time more more of a position so that's they say it seemed to genuinely be rooting for each other and i think it comes through i think they really are yeah yeah, it doesn't feel like one of those things where there's only so much room at the top. I think right. they all feel like, oh, no, there's plenty of room for all <laughs> kind of guys together. You know what I think is cool about you? So a lot of times, you know, you hear this criticism what? from... What do you think is cool about <laughs> Well, pretty much everything, but I, I don't want it to turn into like Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney, because it will. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, <laughs> remember yeah, no, that time no, you did that? Well, but... Yeah. But what's really cool about you, I think, is that, you know, you often hear this criticism from, you know, conservatives that Hollywood is out of touch, this this coastal elitism claim. And your show and you in particular, I feel, represent, you have such heart and so much humanity. And I just wonder if that's something that you aim to to keep intentionally or if it's just who you are. Or if you're just a jerk in oh, reality. That's nice. Wow. <laughs> that's so no, nice. No, it's true. That's what I um, think about you. Wow. Um, I, I think uh, I come from Chicago, you know, yeah. but I come from the sh- suburbs of Chicago. Um, I, 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 I guess that's honestly, that's, I think 
the way I feel, like when I think, you know, when you, if you met Dan Fogelman, you would feel kind of the same thing. I mean, he's he's much odder than me, but but you know, <laughs> but that's, but um, but he's from New Jersey. But I um, but uh, I think it has to do with a like some sort of fundamental um hopefulness and I love that. Uh, maybe it's just a little. Maybe that's what it is. It's probably naive in some places, but I think I I've always had that. It's it's a little. Um, I think it's just kind of romantic that way of of like just you know faith and belief. I mean, I still yeah. get really emotional when you know I think the Democrats are going to win an election, <laughs> or you know, I, or, or uh, but I, I mean, I, I like it's Olympics. But I think you really care. I do. I really do care. I really do. And I try, though, um, I, I try to, to do an honest version of it, though. I, I, I don't, I don't, it's not that I think you have to do a, see, I think when I see a lot, this is what I think about these kind of dramas. I actually think they're so hard to do. And when they're done really well, they feel so effortless. It's just like, wow, okay, that was kind of that was real. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that I think people approach them and they feel an obligation for a realistic depiction of a relationship or a family that it has to be imbued with some kind of um, false sentimentality. And I don't feel that way. I feel like, oh, if you if you give the most honest version of something or the the, the smartest and most mature version of something that that will feel the most hopeful and the most um you know vulnerable and 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 the goodness will come through that's really what i think so i i i I don't know it's just the way i i I think of people i i you know when i see what people you know when i see someone like our president being just so dishonest and and cruel and uh, it's not that I think that I or any of us in Hollywood are better than the people that voted. It's that I feel like, you know, just the, the anger and the resentment is just, and it's, it's misplaced in the trust of someone who's, who's spewing that kind of anger and rage. It's not, I don't believe thinking I'm better than those people or, you know, their suffering or their frustrations are, stupid or mm-hmm. ignorant that I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess. I think I you want the best for the, those people. And you know that I he's not want the best for everybody. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think I have the answers, but I do think that there are people that behave as humanists really. Yeah. And then I think there are other people that absolutely don't have, don't value people's life. The, the only thing that I really, that I really, really, um, hate, I guess, is cruelty. I do, I really yeah. hate cruelty. And I hate cruelty to other people. And that's, and I do think that that's, um, I, I think that there's some of that, you know, there's, there's a lot of anger and it, it's translated into a kind of uh, brutality and cruelty. And that feels like an energy that will fix things or something. And I, I don't believe that. So I do believe that what, you know, I was thinking about our show and, and, and what is the, like the fundamental, the most 
salient characteristic of our show that captivates people and makes people um, love it, mm-hmm. why well, I, I think is kindness. I mm. think it's kindness. I think that our characters, they get angry and they uh, and they have their issues and they suffer and they. But I think at the end of the day, there is a there is there's room for kindness on our show, and it's it's. It's these little moments, and, and I, I believe that's the thing. And But in order for the kindness to feel truthful, I mean, some of the, the harsher realities have to be present, which is what we try to do. Like, there, there are certain things in life that are really difficult, and, and those things shouldn't be um, ignored or glossed over or sentimentalized. But at the same time, that gives a little space for kindness. There was a scene, you know, where Randall... Is and he and he gets paralyzed. He's having a, his mm-hmm. anxiety attack in in one of the episodes I directed, and and he can't. He goes to this board meeting, and this guy's there, you know, who he's been competing with, and is all that, and he and he's paralyzed. And there was this moment where Sanjay, the character, Sanjay, reaches over and he takes the iPad and mm-hmm. he takes over the meeting from him. And it was so important to all of us that that moment is only about kindness. It's mm. like, and that's 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 the kind of optimism, you know. It's not. It's like that moment is neither um, schmaltzy, yeah, uh, nor is it optimistic. It's just kind, and yeah. that you know, that's if there's room for that, man. If we could find some more room for that everywhere, right? And I think that's that part bad. of why the show is doing so well is that, like you said, there is this cruelty that's going on and and mean. Uh, mean-hearted uh, rhetoric, and I think people come and watch your show and feel redemption and uh, optimism and hope and kindness, as you said. So you're doing yeah, a heck of a job. Yeah, and it's not political. Yes. Yeah, and I, it's definitely not political. I, it's not meant to be, for sure. It's definitely not. I don't even know. I'm certain that all the characters on our show are not liberal Democrats. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. but. But definitely not. It doesn't matter. It's only that that we have to find our way back to some of that. For our book club, we read this book that you should read. It's awesome. It's called Hitmakers. And in the book, he talks about how even when we think we want to escape into a book or a movie or a TV show, we're always sort of looking for ourselves. And I think Mm -hmm. people, you know, with This Is Us especially – they feel like they're escaping, but then they see themselves in all the characters. Is there a character that you mm-hmm. feel the most connection with? Mm, that's so interesting. That's a good question. I, I think the character I feel the most connection with is probably Rebecca. Hmm. Um, and that's, I, I think that, um, I, you know, and, and that may be um, that I see certainly see a lot of aspects of, of my mom and that, and mm. I also see a lot of aspects of my wife and, and her. And, mm-hmm. um, but also I've always been very, that's something, you know, I, I had that, uh, when we did 30 something, I went directing Patty, my wife, or when I did alias, I had this really close relationship with Jennifer Garner and then, then working with Mandy, it's been like, Oh wow. It, where there's just, I just, you know, and half the time, I'm sure I'm not even saying intelligent things. <laughs> you know, Jennifer and I got to a point after four years where she would just signal to me, come over, come over. <laughs> and I would come over and I just knew that she just needed me to sort of talk in a general feeling yes. way about what this scene was about. 
and, and Mandy has got, I've got this relationship with Mandy where I just can, you know, even if I mess her up and I just think it's so, and she's an entirely different kind of actress or, you know, I would, Patty, I could direct in these much loftier, um, Esther, cause Patty's so skilled and, and Mandy's like a savant and Mandy mm. has this talent that something goes in. It's like, Oh my God. And, and, and so there, you know, I have that real connection with her. The thing that's been amazing for me though, the other way this year has been this relationship I've developed with Milo. And that is interesting because it has a lot to do with my daughter. My daughter is, is also my assistant and she's going to, she's becoming a director. And she talked to me for a long time about this, that, that, you know, yes, I'm very good with women. I always felt very comfortable, but while I'm not spending as much time with him, I'm not focusing the same way. Milo and Milo's, he wants it. Milo is mm. an incredibly, incredibly hardworking, dedicated actor. He's, this, he's extraordinary. But I have never, you know, his character is, in my mind, more working class. Yeah. Um, he's not. He's not dexterous verbally. He's all these things, which was part of the thing. And I intellectually, I would talk about that. I talked about it with the writers. We have to look for a way with his voice has got to be different than, you know, he's surrounded by this whole family that they're all such smart talkers. Right. And, you know, looking at Milo in the pilot and watching the way, he, it's not Milo, Milo's very smart, but the way working with a character who's not as comfortable with those things, which is one, you know, he hits somebody. He, he, <laughs> he kind of gets tied up. He comes from a different place. And, right. My daughter Roxy was like, "You have to start. You have to focus on this. You have to oh, work she's harder." Oh, good. I like Roxy. Oh no, it was cool. I'm, yeah. Oh, it was. It was really cool. It was like, well, you know, and she was like, "No, no, no. This is yeah. this thing." And, <laughs> but he, you have this, and yes, with Jennifer, you know. But of course, I'm sure this thing too. With you know, all my different daughters, you know. But she's like, well, but 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 Milo, he needs this. He wants this, and. Milo and I, by the end of the year, had the most incredible working relationship. And that's the thing, one of the things I've gotten from this show, as much as anything else, as a director, I feel like, oh, I grew in my ability to to work with men in, in a way that is as um, fulfilling mm. and spontaneous for me as, 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 as with women. And, you know, someone like, you know, Sterling, Justin... They're, you know, it just, they were easy and it's, it's different. You know, Milo is, 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 is just hungrier. He's a different kind of, pr they're, you know, they're so skilled or they're as Milo is, but there was something about what he, what he was looking for. And I, I wasn't as open to it. I think that's hmm. more, it was more what Roxy was saying about, but he's hungry for something yes. and you're, you're not, you're not, open to it. Oh, I love that. You're not that. open to him the same way. Oh, it's really interesting. It was, it was cool. So when you asked me, I'm sorry, it's a very long way of saying, but when you asked me who I relate to, there's, there's ways I started to relate to him. Yeah. And I would never have thought that I like, I would, and yet by the end of the season, that fight scene that they, I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the fight scene that they do in the last episode, I, it, 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 it's something I so close. I so relate. Oh my but god! But it took me a while to ever. I would never have. I would never have thought that at the beginning of the year. The character, the person, right. the character, and the actor who I'm gonna, who I really relate to the most. And that that's just you know, 
that was just a great thing, a growth that was just great for me. Well, you're doing an incredible job. I have one last question that we ask everybody, okay. which is, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? I don't, uh, well, in, <laughs> I have a Cubs hat. <laughs> That's um, it? <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, I, I have like, well, I have a hybrid car, you know, so I have the yeah. electrical, the, the plug. That's so cute you know, that you're rooting the for the that Cubs. Can plug in. That's all, it's like, and then I have a Cubs hat. I love I that really so kinda, much. I'm kind of neat, you know, it's all, I don't ever. So I have a Cubs hat. That's oh it. my God, that's so appropriate. I'm, you're a Chicago where guy. Where are you? Where do you, where are you, where are you now? Where do I'm you in live? Los Angeles, but I'm from Pittsburgh. And also, yes, oh, and I was born in 1979, which is when the the big three were born. And so oh, me and that's all my wild. friends are just dying about this show because everyone oh, loves great. it, but it, it feels really special to us. Oh, uh, well, come visit sometime. My God, Ken, you're so stuck with me. This is ridiculous. We're going to be best friends. No, no, friends. no, come, come visit sometime. They're great. They're, that's, that's great. And that you'll like, they're great people. I mean, so... Just let me know sometime you can come visit. Oh, my God. This is the best no, day of my life. And speaking no, well, for all people from Pittsburgh, we're glad when we get any representation. So, <laughs> so thanks cool. for that. I like it. And I'm so not a Pittsburgh fan, you can imagine. Oh, my God. Like being, you know, well, Damn it. From, being from Chicago? I know. I don't think so. Well, you guys but are way still, better. I, I we have an closer. underdog situation. Not well. Well, yes, and my wife, my wife grew up in Grove City, Pennsylvania. No, so, you know, she's like, uh, yeah, yeah. So Pittsburgh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my Steelers. gosh, that's yeah, crazy. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> Pittsburgh. You're horrible. Pittsburgh. No, I no, love Pittsburgh you was, anyway. Pittsburgh was tough. Yeah. Tough. Ken, now it's you all like never, ever, ever quit making television because you have a no. gift. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. Thank you so much. I love you. And hey, follow me on okay. Twitter because well, I'm you. mean to Trump too. No, I I do follow you. No, you do not. Yeah, yes, I do. Hold I'm it. Pretty sure I do. I'll follow you. I'll start, I'll we'll make follow it happen. You right now and then I get some <laughs> of your your followers. All right, I'll tweet to you. You're the best. Thank you right, so, so much for your generosity. Sometime in Los Angeles, we start up again in July. It's a date. Thank you, Ken. Okay. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye.